This is a Showbile podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Bucks on Nucks. We're now into episode 27 and we've got lots to get into today. We had some listeners send some DMs in with some great topics for us to discuss. So we'll get to that momentarily. But with that said, just a reminder that if you have something you would like to hear us discuss on the pod, just uh, send us a DM on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, or anywhere that we are, and we'll do our best to work that into the show. Now, uh, just for a few other things we'll talk about today is the Leafs, the Sens, gambling picks for the NHL, NFL, and UFC. We'll just get her going here, and uh, we'll start by uh, pulling up those questions from our listeners here. So I think the first one was from Andrew on Instagram. Yeah, here we go. Andrew Bebb, fan of the show. He says... We are 10 games into the NHL season. Early days yet, but please tell me, are these three overachievers coming back to earth? Philadelphia Flyers, Buffalo Sabres, and the New Jersey Devils. What do you boys think? I think so. I I think all three, but for three different reasons. Buffalo is overperformed. They actually have like decent amount of skill right now, but the fact that they're going to be relying on what 49 year old, I know he's not 49, but 49 year old Craig Anderson to roll him through this season as their starter. I just don't see it happening. They have a lot of good pieces there. Like when you watch it, like Tage Thompson, he had what six points the other night, Alex Tuck's rolling, Owen Powers rolling, Darlene's rolling. They have a good roster. If I were to pick one team out of that to stay hot, it would be Buffalo. But the thing that's going to ruin them is their, is their goaltending. Flyers I don't like because I think their roster stinks. I don't really like many guys on the Flyers at all. And the Devils are always kind of irrelevant. They're always circling around 500. They also have some skill, but if I had to pick a team to keep it up, I'd go Buffalo. I don't know what you guys think. I agree with that. I think uh, out of those three teams, the one that's impressed me the most would be Buffalo. The lineup I like the most out of those three teams is Buffalo. But uh, they did the same thing last year where they came out super hot, we're smoking everyone in the league. I think they were at first place after the first month last year too. And then they just completely tanked. And I've got a feeling that happens again, just uh, a trend that they're doing, but maybe not. I could be wrong, but that's uh, if I have to make a prediction right now, I'm predicting all three of those teams uh, won't be in playoff spots come playoff time. What do you think, Stu? I'm going to go a little bit off the board. And I don't want to commit to saying that it's they're all going to be good teams, but I think all of them have the opportunity to stick They all have a little bit of staying power. Buffalo, I'm going to disagree with you boys. I think Buffalo is the least likely to stick around. Just because, like you mentioned, DK, I don't love their goaltending. I know Comrie had a few good starts. Anderson looked hot a couple times. But I don't think it lasts. None of those guys are really proven. And I'm not really a fan of their roster as a playoff team this year. I think they have a lot of sick young pieces. Dalene's a star already. He looks sick. We already talked about him last episode. Um, And they got some really, really good young pieces. I think of Thompson, Cousins, Krebs, uh, Paterka, Power. But um, I don't think they're there yet. And like you said, Ty, they came out really hot last season and kind of shit the bed when you started getting into the thick of it. And I think it could happen again. But they are playing well right now. See if they prove me wrong a little bit. Philly, I think would be a playoff team. They're what? They're six and four right now? Yep. Yeah, with Tortorella in there. Yeah, I like Tortorella. I like the moves they made. They brought in a lot of um, a lot of toughness in the offseason. That's kind of allowed their like stars and skill players to kind of play with more confidence, if you will. And 
Tortorella has done a really good job so far. And I like their goaltending better than like the other two groups. And then if it wasn't for their injuries up front, you know, Van Riemsdyk's out, Kim Atkinson's out, Couturier's out. Those are three of their big, big names on the front end. I think they would be a playoff team if they weren't suffering through injuries right now. But they're doing pretty good with the roster they've got. And I think if those guys can make a return, um, I don't know like the ETAs of all of them, but I think um, they have a chance to, to be a pretty dangerous team. And then New Jersey... I'm going to come out and say it. I think New Jersey sticks for sure. I'm going to commit to this one. Are they kind of nasty? I don't know. I think they're kind of nasty. I like Vanacek so far. I like Blackwood so far in as far as goaltending. But the thing is, is that the goalies really so far haven't needed to be very exceptional for the, the Devils to perform. They haven't given up more than 25 shots all season long yet, which is pretty wild. They're first in the league in shots allowed. and. They have some really big pieces. Dougie Hamilton, of course, on defense. I like Severson on defense. Uh, Heischer has had an incredible start to the season. Jack Hughes, of course. Jesper Bratt is one of the most uh, underrated um, offensive talents in the league. Dude, I think they're pretty nasty. I think they stick around, and I think they make the playoffs. And they're first the Metropolitan right now. They have seven wins already. So um, I'm a big yeah. fan of the Devils, and you'll hear that later when uh, it comes to my picks for Saturday night. It'd be pretty dope, too, to see, like, uh, new teams in the playoffs. Like, I kind of get sick of it when it's every year you see the same guys going into the playoffs. I love when you see a year where the, the bottom feeder teams all of a sudden come out of nowhere and make it in. And uh, you see that happen all the time where, you know, like the teams I remember growing up watching, like, Boston used to be a horrible team when they had Joe Thornton way back in the day. I'm going way back here. But yeah. then, uh, you know, 10 years later, they're winning Stanley Cups. And the league kind of tends to do that where shit teams become the best teams. And the best teams become the shittiest teams. And I think that uh, these teams do go into the playoffs. That's kind of what we'll be seeing. But still uh, way too early in the season, really, to say. But it'll be interesting either way for sure. One thing about the Philly thing, though, the only reason why Philly is even where they're at right now is because Carter Hart's 5-0. and And Carter Hart's absolutely yeah. just going off every time he plays. <laughs> is Carter Hart that guy? Is he going to drag him to a playoff spot? Because I get what you're saying. Like, the torts bump is real. Like, all John Tortorella teams, they work hard. They block shots. They play good defensively. But I don't think you can ask Carter Hart to go 32-15 and 15 kind of thing and make this team. Like, I don't think you could ask him to start 55-plus and bring this team to the playoffs. I agree with you. If I, I like Buffalo. I don't like their goaltending. That's what I said. Now that you say it, New Jersey probably does have the best chance. Like, I will agree with that. I just don't see Philly as that team. Like, I don't know when Couturier is coming back. I know JVR's hurt. Like, I know they have some injuries. But even last night, like, I didn't think they looked good. I didn't think they looked like they had a ton of skill. Well, they were also coming. They were on, like, the tail end back of a back-to-back back. Back yep. on the road, too. They had a fucking, I mean, they went 0-0 into overtime against the, against the Rangers the night before, so. Uh, obviously they weren't like an energetic bunch, but you mentioned Carter Hart from Philly there too. Like I used to talk a lot of shit about him because there was so much hype around him coming into the league. And then uh, last year he kind of looked horrible in my opinion, or at least the games I watched, he looked rough. The only last, thing like, uh, I liked yeah. about him was uh, Brian Johnson on his helmet painted on there. I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool for me. ACDC. But uh, other than that, I was like, this guy's a, a sieve in there. But then this year he's come out and uh, completely proved me wrong. So if he keeps it up, you might be right. You might see them in a playoff spot, especially with a coach like Tortorello. And he's going to push them to make that uh, playoff push. So can't wait to see that. Uh, TK, you had a couple other questions from uh, some listeners there. I don't know if you want to pull those up. I think we had yep, something about I got, uh, 6 5 or something about that. 
I was gonna say I got I got a couple. I got two from my guy Justin Bador. He's actually coming up. This is just a sidebar. He's actually coming up to Windsor to visit. We may do a whole Leaf season preview, and it may go up on YouTube, and it may be under a new Bucks on Nux channel that we could just toss stuff up there whenever the boys want to make videos. That's just a thought out loud on the pod live here. But yeah. he did have a couple questions, and his uh, one question, yeah, was, is this the return of Eric Carlson, number 65? And I'm actually going to add something yep. to it. I'm going to add something to it, though, where... Do you think any teams around the league are now sniffing around Eric Carlson? Because we all know San Jose is kind of tanking. They they want Bedard. They're not a great team already. Do you think they try to unload this contract, eat half the salary? I know my take. I'll let you guys go first. I think that's possible, and I do think he's back. I think the absence of Burns has really kind of allowed him to to kind of return to form a little bit. Like, I mean, when he went to San Jose, new system, new everything, new scenery. Like, it's kind of they had big expectations for him and then it kind of didn't work out like the the way they had hoped and they also had he was also like splitting power play time and uh splitting load with with Burns right like those they were two producing defensemen uh, at a really high clip in their primes and i think when Carlson kind of had a down year his first year in San Jose they were like ah oh, all right Burns is the guy then and then it just was kind of like that for like the next couple of years. But now with a little bit of freedom and a little bit of, of responsibility, I think Eric Carlson shows like uh, has shown um, what he's really about. And I think he's still highly skilled. Obviously, he scored a hat trick the other night. Pretty well, all the goals were kind of muffins. But I do think... Well, they're kind of snipes. Nah, they were muffins, dude. They were like, I mean, they screen goalie, whatever, but they That's were just wrist shots them, from the point. I watched it is him how in Ottawa he gets every them. game. He was just threading the puck like through the needle, getting it on net, and they go in. I guess it's a skill set, right? So I guess, yeah, I, I will credit them for the hat trick. It was a great game, but they did look like a little bit a little bit soft to me. But um, I will give uh, Eric Carlson props because I do think, um, I realistically, I don't think he ever... I don't think he ever left. You say, is he back? I don't think he ever left. You see it sometimes when guys like are, are nowhere. Are guy, yeah, that's true. Guys, guys do nothing, and it looks like they fell off a cliff, and then all of a sudden, they come back and dominate like a few years later. They had never left. They were just dealing with something, or it wasn't the right situation. Did we talk about this on the pod last week or something? I, I, I remember having a conversation with someone about uh, Ovechkin, how he, like, um, he kind of for a couple of seasons, he was like a 30 goal guy and he was, he was like a 50 to 60 goal guy, like every single year. And then he, he had a couple of seasons where he was like around the 30 mark. And then people were like, Oh, Veshkin fell off. And then he's scoring 50 and fucking 60 and shit again. Right. Yep. So, and then he realized, Oh, he just never left. It was just like, uh, maybe he wasn't, uh, maybe he wasn't inspired. Maybe he wasn't, maybe it wasn't the right place. Maybe there's something going on off the ice. And I think it's the same thing with Carlson. I think he was always a skilled player. And he never had like his game was never like a truly like super athletic game. So it's not like he he like fell off uh, due to age. I just think it wasn't like the perfect situation for him. And now he's he's back at it. Ty, yeah, go ahead. Think, what's uh, your what's your take? Yeah, I think he's back for sure. Like just watching him play there the other night when he scored his hat trick, it looked like the old Eric Carlson that I used to watch play in Ottawa. And uh, you're talking about moving him. Ottawa's looking for another defenseman, baby. If you get some of that that <laughs> salary electric. retained. Let's cook up a sick deal. It'd be fucking electric. The fans would love it. it. It would be amazing. But I mean, that's pretty unlikely, I think. 
And I think it's unlikely anyone takes him without getting some of that contract retained there. I had a motorcycle going by. I don't know if you heard that kind of noisy. <laughs> but uh, I'd love to see him back in Ottawa. I doubt it's going to happen. But, uh, you know, I think this season he stays in, in uh, San Jose for sure, at least till trade deadline. And maybe something happens depending where they are in the standings and if he continues to produce. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, he continues to, over the next few months here. So I agree that he's back to a certain extent. Like I, I don't. I heard this quote uh, on Overdrive, and they said like guys just don't forget how to play. Like, like to put it towards baseball, like Jose Barrios was like a, the ninth AL Cy Young voter like last season, and then this season he was garbage. And people were like, oh, he doesn't know how to pitch. Like, no, he doesn't forget how to pitch. Like it's just like you say, Stu. There's outside factors. Maybe his confidence got a little shelled. Carlson was also like the number two guy. Burns was running the show, but at the same token, I still don't think anyone will bite on Eric Carlson. Like the guy's contract, yeah. I understand like you, you go 50 million or 50%, sorry, from San Jose, but he still got, after this season, he still got four years left at 11.5 million a year cap hit. He signed through like the 27-28 season. He's already 32 years old. So I don't think he's a guy that people knock on the door this year, but maybe when he's 34, 35, there's only like two years left on that deal. People may knock on the door. That's not me saying Eric Carlson's not back. I just don't think there's going to be much league interest because even like I wouldn't as a, as a GM right now, if you're a contending team, would you pay, would you sign, give away your assets and your picks or whatever to pay Eric Carlson seven and a half million or six and a half million, sorry, for the next four seasons after this one? Like, I don't think so. There's been worse really things. Don't. There's been oh, worse for sure. Years that have been, that think have of the signed, think so. of the David Clarkson signing for the Leafs. Like that's worse than the day than Eric Carlson would be. But you get what I'm saying. Like he's already 32. He's had a few down years. Yeah, he's shown some flashes. I just don't think it's gonna garner much like league interest at this particular point in time. But at the same point, yeah. I do think Eric Carlson's back. Like I think it, even if San Jose kept him and he was great for the next three years as San Jose's rebuilding, unbelievable. Great draft his replacement in in a year and a half, and he can step in when when you want to trade Carlson when he's 34, 35 years old. But EK65 is back. I just don't think he's going to get traded. I think Carlson might, you know, want to be traded too when it comes down to it. If San Jose is going into rebuild mode, like he went there to go contend for cups in the first place. And he he signed that massive contract, which is part of the reason why Ottawa didn't keep him because we couldn't, you know, we didn't, we weren't willing to pay him that kind of money. So like you said, yeah, it's going to be real tough to move him with that contract, but I think he'll want to get moved unless San Jose is in a playoff spot, which I don't know. I think they're doing pretty bad this year, aren't they? Like, I don't think they're oh, yeah. they're project they're not projected to make. Yeah, he's kind of carrying that team at this point. Yep. Super early though, still super early to say anything. I think really. So we got we got two more fan questions. Are we gonna go? Are we gonna go the second one from Justin? Or are we gonna go the other one from Instagram? Second one let's from do Justin. A, okay. Yeah, let's do Justin's, and then I'll uh, mention the other one there we got. Justin loves the show. He loved our over under segment. Um, when I set all the lines, they were garbage lines. I, I'll, I'll admit it now, but he just set a line <laughs> on Connor McDavid goals. He said, Connor McDavid over under 55 snipes. Over. He's shooting, dude. Shooting. I was going to say under, but not by much. Like, I think he gets between 50 and 55. I think he gets maybe like right on 50 or something like that. 51. I think he gets 50 this year, but I don't know if he gets up to 55. Might get really? that fiftieth rate at the end of the year. 
Yeah, I think it's tight. 55 is a little bit aggressive, but I think he's so... I mean, you, I don't know. I would never say under anything on Connor McDavid. No, you, know what you I mean? don't want to bet against him. But what if I said this? Okay, I would take the under on 55 as well. I do think he scores 50. But like, if you're gambling, like I think 55 is at plus... I know this backfired me with the pools thing i think 55 is plus 150 plus 200 right now for mcdavid if you uh-huh. if you were to if you were to set a line maybe scores plus 50, 150 yeah. Score, 50 scores plus. 45 to more, 45 goals tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah um but what i would what i would say is what about the over under like 135 points like i think he could go f- 50 goals, almost 100 apples, the way like he plays with Dreisaitl and Evander Kane, even the way Zach Hyman's sniping this year. like They're all doing well yeah. on that Oilers team, and that power play rips it around and scores a lot of goals. What would you take on an over-under 135 points for Connor McDavid this season? I'm, I'm taking over again, but I, mean, I still I like I the over 55, though. I can't lie. I still like the over 55 goals. I think he's more likely yeah, to get 50 overdue. goals, 100 apples. Like then 55, 95 for some reason. I don't know why. Like he's just so good. Yeah, I don't yep. want to bet against him. But like I will say under 55 goals, but over, yeah, the 135 or 140 points. Like I think he's around that pace right now. I think in the yep. COVID year, he was at like 156 pace. And like I can't, I don't know. I could see him being the first guy in a long time to get like over 140 points. Yeah, you can't bet against that guy. No. I'm curious to know what, uh, what Justin thinks because just for the sake of asking it, because I say over because obviously he has a hard st- hot start. He's leading the league in goals, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. At this point. So what does he have, like 10? Keep going. I'll, I'll look it up right now. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> thought you might know off the top of your Sorry, head. no, I didn't know off the top of my head. That's my <laughs> fault. I, I, might, I should have probably. I think he's got like 10. So He's got if, 11 goals, 11 apples. He's got 22 points in, in 10 games. Even better. So here's the thing, right? Like last year, it was kind of like dry side. I was putting up numbers that uh, people weren't expecting um, in the goal category, right? Um, he was kind of like the second favorite behind Matthews for the Rock or Shard this year. It's kind of flipped. Now it's dry side with a ton of assists and McDavid with all the goals. So I kind of wonder if the line switching has like a lot to do with how these guys play because obviously McDavid can get points however the fuck he wants, realistically. But Last year, he was on a line with Evander Kane for, for a good more than half the season, right? Yep. Um, I think he played like 50-something games, right? So he was on a line with, with, uh, with Evander, and he's known as a shooter, sniper, scorer, right? Now he's on a line this year. I'm pretty sure he's playing with Hyman, and is it Nuge playing with him? I thought it was because I swear Nuge is getting apples on every single one of either right. Hyman or, or McDavid's goals. Right. So I think McDavid's like, all right, I'm going to start scoring because I, I know I can, right? Whereas now Dreisaitl's playing with Kaner and Yamamoto, I believe, on that second line. And Dreisaitl's getting a shit ton of assists because now he's like, oh, I've got another shooter with me, right? Whereas McDavid's like, ah, I don't really have a shooter to look for. You know what I'm saying? Let me just go look at the net and then uh, fucking, fucking Connor he's McDavid. Not, he's not put, missing. Put some yeah. puck in the back of the net. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. I think over 55. I, you're smiling. I think Justin might have came back with the reply. What did he say? I, so I just I texted Justin mid-show knowing he was going to get back to me, and I said over under 55 on McDavid. We're talking about it right now. He said if he plays 75 games or more, it's going to go over. So he's yeah. he's all yeah. over the over like, as well, right? Like I don't know. I think McDavid does play 70. I'm um, barring 
a major injury. Like he does play 70 plus. If he plays 70, yeah, he could get 55. He's got 22 points in 11 games. He's getting two points a game right now. Like this, yeah. guy's, get, this guy's on pace for 164. That's absurd. Yeah, and the fact that he's the fact that he's already a fifth there, ten games in or eleven games into the season, is just uh, more of the reason for me to say over. I say over. He has a different mindset um, when he steps on the ice, depending on who his fucking line mates are, to give his team the best chance of scoring every shift. He looks at his line mates and he thinks he's the guy to put the puck at the back of the net. You know what I mean? So yeah. is what it is. And over. every every great player like Crosby did this one year too. Like Crosby was always like a big point guy and assist guy, and then. All of a sudden, like I, I always hear this. Like one year he was like, I need to work on my face-offs. And then he was like the second best face-off winner in the league. Yeah. Like he had the second highest. And then one year he was like, I want to score. And he potted like 51 or something or 50 plus. Like it was like these great players can just do that. Like if, they're, if they want to do something at one point, and McDavid is the epitome of that. Like if he wants to do it, he's going to yeah. do it, right? He might have said at the start of the season, I want 140 points and I want to win the Rocket. And like yeah. he could do it, right? Like he yeah. easily could. Yeah, 100%. We had another uh, DM from a guy named Liam here, a listener of the show, and uh, he wanted us to talk about Leafs management a bit there. And uh, I'm going to leave that to you guys because, you know, I'm no Leafs fan. So what are you guys' thoughts on uh, Leafs management at this point in the season here? My boy, Liam. Uh, We're already like 20 minutes in, over 20 minutes, and I don't want to drag this on too much, but I kind of have a rant. I'll try and make it quick, though. Yeah, I got a rant about the Sens coming up, too, so don't even worry. Just go off, Stewie. If it wasn't the Leafs and Dubis and Sheldon Keefe weren't homies, I would say that if the Leafs had lost Wednesday against the Flyers, Kiefer is fired by today. Wow. However, they do win. And the win is a tiny, tiny, tiny sign of hope. You can see behind me. Obvious listeners can't see, but behind me, I've got my TV screen on, and I've got Leafs fans sitting in the crowd. It's a little overexposed for you, Ty, but it's Leafs fans sitting in the crowd with the paper bags over their head. Oh, yeah. I know that. The classic, (laughs) yeah, the classic photo. All right? Yeah. And you might be thinking, why do you have that on your screen? I mean, they won yesterday, right? They won on Wednesday. They, 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 They had a pretty convincing win against the Flyers. It means nothing to me. I already explained it. DK mentioned the Flyers in Toronto. They didn't look great. They're coming off a back-to-back on the road. They just played New York the, the night before. Went deep into overtime at a 0-0 game. Like, it was a tough-fought game in Madison Square Garden. Now they have to come to Toronto. I don't fault them for having a little bit of a lackluster game, plus the backup goalie in net. If they had lost that game, I, I think most teams, Keith would have been gonzo by the, by the next morning, right? Yeah, probably. Would have been considered, or at least... You know, people are probably outraged already, right? I imagine if you go on Leafs Twitter or whatever, people are freaking out about it. Yeah, and I still am kind of. I'm not freaking out. I'm not calling for the guy's head, but I mean, there's only so much you can do with the team that's provided in front of you, but I don't think that's an excuse because Toronto is, uh, they should be a good team. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not a fan of Sheldon Keefe. Tortorella is, though. You see what he said about him? Tortorella is yeah, like patting him on the back it. there. I don't know. That was all about maybe psycho- psychological just, game. Or no, that, they have like the, into the fucking they have probably, the coaches union. It's no different than a player having another player's back. It's a coach. There's only 32 of them. They always have each other's back kind of thing. That's all. Tortorella is the last guy I'd expect to be like a game before he's playing the guy. I'd go and be like, oh, yeah, he's a great coach, great guy. You know, I thought he was maybe playing mental warfare with him or something, trying to psych him out. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know, man. I don't know. But here, here's what I'll say. I'm more. I, I'm not a fan of Keith, but I'm more upset with Dubis's performance in the Leafs organization to this point. The guy every year, you know what I'm saying, sits up there in his fucking press conference before the fucking season, talking like he's smarter than everybody else. But the Leafs fans have been saying the exact same thing every single year. That something's got to change. A big move's got to ma- be made. We got to add more toughness. It never happens, and the Leafs never make it out of the first round. Who knows if we even make the fucking playoffs this year? You know what I'm saying? DK, you were bringing up that question last episode. I have no idea if we make it. I think if if we don't win yesterday in, in against Philadelphia, Keith loses his job, but it's Dubis that I'm more upset with because this is a team that it just isn't tough enough. I don't like DK, I can see you nodding, but it's just it's we're just not there. You saw like Philly. You could, Philly's a perfect example. They're already six and three or six and four or whatever, um, for a team that should be shit. And they brought in Tortorella, new coach, you know what I'm saying? Chippy guy, and added some toughness, and they're doing great. The Leafs, time and time again, the Simmons has played what, like two games this season? They don't even dress the guy. Simmons probably might not even be the perfect guy for that role, but it's all we got at this point. I mean, you got Kyle Clifford, but you can see it very obviously. It's just the Leafs get fucking bullied every single night, and it's starting to wear on the big guys. You know what I'm saying? The teams with the, the tough players, it allows their stars to play more comfortably. The Leafs have no tough players in their lineup. Giordano, fucking what is he, 38 years old, 39 years old, and he's out there fighting for Austin Matthews last night? Yeah. Why is Travis Konechny, why, why does Travis Konechny, that little fucking shrimp, even feel comfortable trying to drop the gloves with one of the best players in the league? Because he knows nobody will do shit about it because there's nobody on the fucking roster that can or will. There's nobody on that roster that will. Um, it's the same thing every year though. So it's kind of like beating a dead horse, but we'll see. I, I assume, I assume it's not going to be, it's not going to be just same faces in the Leafs, uh, press box next year. And behind that last year too, though. No, like, fuck. No, I would. Yeah. I, I was, I was calling for it, but I knew it wouldn't happen, but now I think contracts are up. So it's, it's like, it's do or die this season. And it's already looking like it's dying. I, I will go quick as well because, yeah, like you said, we're at 30 minutes in, but I'm going to piggyback, Stu. I, I couldn't agree more with absolutely everything he is saying. The Leafs, like, the thing is, I'm okay with the John Tavares contract and the Nylander and the Marner and the, and the Matthews. Like, I can get over that. Those guys, if they yeah. produce the way that they're supposed to, I think they, that is the best foursome or one of the best foursomes in the league that you could have in terms of up front. It's legitimately everything else you got a guy like Pierre Angval who's six foot five and he's a big guy that doesn't touch anybody he plays like he's one of those guys getting paid a ton how do you not bring I and like I said it last episode you bring in Callie Yarncroke great he's probably a good addition to a lot of teams not on this one he just does the same shit that Kerfoot does that Engvall does that Malgin does that Robertson does like and on and on Aston Reese Obey Kubel none of these guys bring anything different than the top four or five dogs on this team. Michael Bunting is one of the only guys on this whole team that brings something different. He actually plays a little bit of sandpaper. He gets in guys' grill. He'll take a punch. I don't know. I want this I want this right here clipped. I said last week they were the seventh best team in the East. I think they're the 13th or 14th best team in the NHL, which ultimately, if you're the 13th or 14th best team in the NHL, what does that get you at the end of the season? a first round exit. That's what we're going for here. 
You went in and you've had, what, five first-round exits, seven first-round exits in a row, and you changed fucking nothing. Nothing. And you expect a different result? How? These defensemen, we don't have anybody that does any. Giordano maybe does something different, but like Riley, Brody, Mete, Hall, they all do the same, like they all do the same shit. They all do the same thing. They're supposed to be puck-moving defensemen, and they don't hit, and they don't block shots, and they just don't play hard. Like you said, like John Tortorella teams do. This Leafs team is kind of in a lot more trouble. I don't put any stock into that Philadelphia Flyers win. That's a game they should win. That's the first game. That's the first game that they should have won that they won all season. You got losses to San Jose, LA, Montreal, Arizona. Those are all should win games. The schedule is only going to get harder from here. And we're what, two games over 500? It's just not a good look. Matthew's even not like just not even getting involved in that Konechny scrum. Why does Travis Konechny scare you if you're Austin Matthews? You're way bigger. Like, I, I'm not asking Matthews to fight him. Just do something. Don't just, like, let everyone else come to your aid and then just stand there with your stick on your knees. Like, show that you fucking want to do something, right? Like, <sighs> somebody's got to bring something different. And Dubas has not done that. I was calling for Dubas and Shanahan's and Keith's head at the end of last season. I'm still calling for it. Fuck them all. Dude, we need, you need a different pair of eyes in here. I don't care who it is. You need a different pair of eyes. Sorry for going on that rant, too, but I, I couldn't agree more with everything that Stu said. <laughs> You got a rant about Keith. I got a rant about DJ here, man. I don't know if you guys got any more thoughts before I get into that. Even even in the offseason, imagine just like keeping Ilya Labushkin instead of signing Engvall and Yarncroke. You bring in two guys that just are a little bit bigger bodies. Like, I'm just, I know they weren't free agents. Like a Nick Paul, like a guy who can kind of like play. He could play on the second line, (laughs) but he's better on the third. But he's a big body that uses his body and is not afraid to hit. I'm not asking for fucking... Colt Nor and Fraser McLaren and Mike Brown on the on the th- fourth line again. And that's no, not what that, I'm asking. Those for, wouldn't like, even be good either. I think no, that's I, what I'm saying. Dude, like, the, the Leafs play like a fucking machine, bro. And when yes. the machine doesn't work, you got to fix the machine somehow. You know what I'm saying? Improve it. Give it a hardware update. Yes. The, the hardware has not been updated. They do the same thing. Every line that's on the ice goes around. It's a fucking soft forward check. It's yep. Pierre Engvall coming in as an opportunity to finish a check. Or, or or play body and he does the big winding fucking wide loop. It's yep. it's the same thing over and over. And if you're not scoring, then what are you doing realistically? The only guy I like in the bottom half realistically so far is David Camp. At least he wins draws. Yeah, Camp is solid. I don't mind Camp, but yeah, like Angval, like how do you not just finish every check? Like bring something different. Bring some energy to the team. Like you say, these guys. Like I just think. Their whole team plays like they're getting paid like Matthews and Marner and Tavares and Nylander. So they just banana peel out of hits and they they like they don't forecheck hard and it's whatever. But like they and they don't play like them and they don't score like them. And it's just a big ass problem. We should let Ty get on his rant because I know us ranting is is having Ty chomp. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. <laughs> I the only thing- do so much leaf stock eh, for, <laughs> for so long before I got to bring up the sense. So uh, you guys are done with Sheldon Keefe and I think I'm done with DJ Smith, boys. Uh, and then this guy on defense, number 22, Zaitsev. I think I've been done with this fucking plug for like the last, how long has he been in Ottawa? Four years now, three years, whatever it is. And DJ constantly is putting this guy in the lineup when he has other options. And I don't know what that's all about. I have no idea what the you know connection is between those two. Maybe it came from the Leafs, but pisses <laughs> me off watching this guy Zaitsev play. And what I believe is that the Sens rebuild is not going to be complete until DJ and Zaitsev are gone. And I know it's early in the season, like DJ might be able to turn it around, but you know, I, I think it's uh, it's time to bring in a new bench boss. 
And uh, some names that come to mind would be Blind River Zone, Claude Julian. Uh, Barry Trotz is another name out there. And then, you know, this probably won't happen because this guy, uh, I don't think he's been a coach before. But Alfie, man, I'd love to see him back in, uh, behind the bench and some, you know, assistant coach or whatever. It'd be absolutely unreal to see that. But DJ, I think uh, we don't get the win tonight. There's a game tonight against Vegas. Uh, I think Sens Nation is done with the guy. And Zaitsev, we've been done with that guy for fucking since he's been here. <laughs> I have not been impressed with that guy once in his entire career. He might be the worst player in the NHL, I think. I, I, I said, um, well, now I don't want to put fucking names on, like behind this fucking chirp now. But I, I will say an inside connection to the league had once told me that Z- he thinks Zaitsev is the worst He's uh, right. Worst player in the league. <laughs> I think so that's too. a guy that faces jumps on the ice pad with yeah. them in a, in, a, in an NHL game. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, I don't know. That was good riddance by the Leafs. I'll say that like a few years ago, and that's uh, about the yeah. only time we've seen that ever because people were saying Hall's a shitter two years ago. And he's still there. I wish we did the wish we took the Zaitsev route, but uh, yeah, Ty. Um, from a former Zaitsev owner, or. <laughs> not owner but fucking from a former from a former fan of a team that once owned Zaitsev I will say I feel bad for it's you man plug. Well, yeah dude, no he's gotta go man he's gotta go anybody around me will will tell you I was the biggest when we signed Zaitsev and you watch his highlight tape from when he played in Russia it was unbelievable. Like this guy was the Sidney Crosby of the defense in Russia. Like he was unreal. He was sniping Genos all the time, one timers on power plays that were going bar down. It was crazy to watch his highlight tape when he played in Russia. So when we signed him and he played great the first year, and then we signed him for that like four mil or three and a half mil a year for like eight years, it was like that's a great deal. And then half a season into that deal, it was like this guy is horrible like he, he doesn't are you do sure it wasn't good. someone else wearing his jersey because like yeah. i didn't even know he had a highlight reel like i didn't think the guy was capable of putting one together because he's a fucking flog <laughs> i absolutely hate him no it he was needs to it, go dj needs to go rebuild's yeah. not done till those two clowns are out of there i'm not calling well, dj a clown actually i take that back zaitsev's a clown dj he's the guy i think great for player development but it's time for the sands to get to that next level compete for a playoff spot and you need a coach like claude julian or uh you know someone that's been there before Claude Julian's out there and Barry Trotz are out there. Bring him in. Fucking yeah. do it. DJ Smith was a great rebuild coach, but now you need someone like a like yeah. like a Tortorella or something to push you over the edge, right? Like you need something yeah, different, a different time. voice, a harder voice. I like there, Trotz. Something. I think Trotz would, would fit in there. I uh, Tortorella yeah. is the type of guy that I would love to see in Toronto, whereas like Tortorella, I think, is too much for Ottawa right now. Like for the kids, yeah. and I, I think they need a kind of a middle, a middle right. ground from because DJ's trying to be their best body out there. He's like they just got blown out by Florida. There was like 50 shots against. We looked like shit. Well, and then the next day, they're out playing a pickleball tournament. Back in the fucking day, <laughs> they would have been running fucking wind sprints till they were fucking puking on the ice. And DJ is just, he's not dialing them in. He's sitting on the bench, shaking his head. Like, he's got to fire the boys up. You don't just stand there yeah. and shake your head, DJ. Get something done, you know? Change, change something. Don't put fucking Zaitsev in the lineup. It pisses me off every single time I see 22 on the ice. And he puts him out there on like five on three penalty <laughs> fucking power plays. Like, I don't know what he sees in this guy. It blows my mind. But I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop ranting about that because we're spending a lot of time on uh, NHL. And I still have a couple more things about the Sens to get into. And uh, one of those things was that the Sens are now for sale. And there's rumors going around that Ryan Reynolds is very interested in buying the team. 
and uh, kind of makes sense or sense, if you will. I was trying to make a Ron McLean joke there, but uh, he makes bad jokes. So I'll move on from that. But uh, he's got connections on in Ottawa, Ryan Reynolds, and uh, he even tweeted some things uh, hinting at buying them. And I think it'd be pretty damn cool to have Deadpool running the team. What do you think? That would, I mean, fuck, that's kind of intriguing. Like, uh, I guess follow that story, but I don't know. Like, the, how, what are the cents worth? Does that guy have, I mean, it would probably be like, you'd probably be like 700 a, a million part, plus. What are the, yeah, what are you'd the have to be like a part owner. Like, I don't know. I don't know if fucking Ryan Reynolds is dropping a bag like that. Even uh, I've heard rumors about the owner of the Red Blacks interested. I've also heard rumors about the owner of Farm Boy, which is a popular like grocery store chain in Ottawa that's interested in buying the team. There you go. And uh, the th- the thing with Reynolds is uh, he's like got connections to Ottawa. I think he has a street named after him there. So he's very passionate about keeping the team in Ottawa. And there's people that say like, well, they're going to sell and move. That's never going to happen if they're fucking keeping a team in Arizona where they're playing at a fucking college arena in the desert like Ottawa's not yeah. going anywhere that's the nation's capital it's kind of a that pisses me off when people say that it's kind of fucking like disrespect to my team there saying that shit but uh, <laughs> there will be a whole bunch of part owners probably like the Melnick daughters will probably still be involved you might even see Alfie Phillips and Neil come in there with uh some yeah. guys with money that's and, what I was uh, just pitching. about to ask so but, yeah. I would love to what see if it's like, what if it's like Ryan Reynolds with Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher and Mike Fisher's just the head of it all <laughs> Like, that's best-case scenario for Ottawa, no? Like, Mike Fisher's an Ottawa I legend. I wouldn't hate that. Some people don't like Mike Fisher in Ottawa now because he's a big uh, Republican uh, supporter and all that, but I'm not going to yeah, get full, into politics. Yeah, he's American I, now. He's not even... Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> he went over there and, like, he, he left. He, he's gone. <laughs> he's an American yeah. now, like Stu J said. But uh, that'd be cool. I think the guys that actually are more involved in the Ottawa organization, though, are Chris Neal, Chris Phillips, and Daniel Alfredson. Alfredson, I think, is you know going to make his return to, uh, I don't know if it'll be you know an, an advisor or what he'll be doing with the organization, but he's definitely going to be coming back, I think, once the new owner purchases the team, which would be epic. I fucking love that guy. Favorite player of all time. That'd be sick. Coach, but, uh, dude. Coach. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Put him as like assistant coach or something to start and then work his way up because I don't know if he's coached at like a, a professional level of hockey yet but i know he could do it he's a fucking legend who gives a fuck but keeps, it keeps doing it fucking <laughs> yeah Marty Saint Louis. Throw Marty him in there. better dj yeah yeah there you go he's not gonna he's not gonna play fucking zaitsev too i bet i bet zaitsev gets fucking benched fucking or healthy scratched game fucking one elfie's in there because he's smart I fucking I also, saying dj's not but jesus christ i also don't mean to laugh but there's just zero percent chance that chris neal would ever be a part of that ownership group. The guy made $18 million total in his career, which means like you take half of that away from taxes. The guy made like $9 million. This team's going to go for like an, a Canadian team. Like I don't, I know the NFL teams are going for like four or 5 billion right now. I would assume an NHL franchise like the Ottawa Senators is still going to go for what? Five, 600 million. Like I would assume more than that. Yeah. Well, actually probably, probably even more. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know the last NHL team that sold and like what it sold for. But I assume a Canadian like team and a Canadian or Pittsburgh or something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like a Canadian team, Canadian oh, market, a big fan base, like in Ottawa. Like I'd assume this is going to be, you know, a big one. What if it's like, uh, would you be pissed if it was like a Jeff Bezos or like the guys that just bought Denver, where yeah. it was like the owners of Walmart, like just random ass shit? Now everything is just like Amazon or Walmart in your fucking building like i i can't I, i've I, never I'd, been a part of like a ownership change in any fan base like i'd prefer if it was someone that like you know ryan Reynolds that cares about ottawa that wants to see the ottawa team successful rather than like some 
you know, Rogers or Bell or something buying the team and just having like a bunch of share owners and whatnot. But uh, either way, I think, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what they do because whoever buys it, I think is going to want to spend on this team and they're going to want to try and get the arena downtown. And it's, it's going to be a good thing for Ottawa once they get there. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. We'll have an update in a future episode when uh, those talks heat up more. I think it's going to be quite a long time before that happens. But uh, last thing on the sense, how about Shane Pinto being rookie of the month for October? And uh, at this point, he's pretty much the clear front runner for the Calder super early in the season. But uh, that, what was it, plus 4,000? Or maybe it was plus, I forget what it was. It was something nice, though, for him to get the Calder. And it's, uh, it's looking pretty nicer now. Listen, my futures right now. Got Shane Pinto at plus fourteen hundred. This is like a plus few games in. This is a few games That's in though. He definitely started lower, and then I get Deleen, yeah. um, right now sitting at plus five thousand. So um, I think my futures bets for uh, NHL awards are looking pretty good right now. And yeah. uh, I'm a fan of Shane Pinto, and until until that bets through. Well, and <laughs> and almost everybody we named on our like sleeper list or like just full on list. I don't know if you guys can hear this in the background. My cat is going crazy. I know people aren't watching. I've had to jump off my fucking seat for this pod like five times. Like this is absurd. <laughs> but anyways, I think we all, we, we said Shane Pinto from Utah. I said Cole Perfetti. I said Owen Power. You also liked Owen Power. And then I think even Stu said something about uh, Mason McTavish possibly having like a, a little bit of a, a long shot thing too. But mm-hmm. Like I think second second in points right now is Shane Pinto. Um, third in points, tied for third is Cole Perfetti, and tied in fourth for points is Owen Power. Like the, these Who's guys have, first, Beniers. Uh, yeah, Matty Beniers has nine. Then Addison has seven. Pinto has seven. Perfetti well, has six. Sick too. Owen Power yeah. has five. So like I know Power had two points last night, but Cole Perfetti, when I watched um, Winnipeg, he looked really good too. Like I think our yeah. our rookie of the year picks were actually. Like very good, especially with uh, Nikolai Ehlers being yep. out for Winnipeg. Cole Perfetti's getting that chance, just like with Norris being out. Pinto's getting that chance in Ottawa. Great picks from the mm-hmm. boys so far. Ten games in, great picks. I oh, will say, I also have a bet to... placed. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, oh, you go I, ahead because I'm about to get joking. into picks. I was going to say, you get a pick. We're about to get into a hell of a lot of picks. So, yep. Stewie J. Uh... Well, I mean, you got to wrap it in. It's my Stewie J Saturdays, but I will say, I also have a bet placed on. Like I said, Pinto. I put a little bit of a hedge on perfetti too so yeah. we'll see what happens but fucking just because Beniers was like i didn't like the price for like for like the chances of it happening so i didn't want to go Beniers. addison might have been like a good pick i didn't even see him on the on the odds when we were doing it to be honest with you i don't even know who that is i i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i know who whatever his name is addison is I well you no played clue. on our junior team he was a he was sick for us like a few years ago um i'm trying to think of what year that was must have been like 2019 2018 that's the wild defenseman right addison yeah yeah he's gross and yeah. he he had like a really good tournament for us and it's on the power play there now and stuff right i picked him up in fantasy and he's uh not a bad yeah, pickup. He's, he's producing, man. He's producing. So we'll we'll see. Um, is Logan Let's get Thompson? Picks, what about Logan Thompson? Is he still? Is he still up there? I don't know. But anyways, yeah. Let's get into picks. Fucking. All right. So last week, it's unfortunate. We were talking about the wild. We just mentioned Kalen Addison. When I was making my parlay, I mean, if you don't know, let me just update you. Uh, two legs of my parlay hit. Um. And then one lost. It was the wild, the wild loss. When I was making my parlay, I thought the wild like can't lose this game, but 
but they also can. You know what I'm saying? But I convinced myself that it was a lock, but I knew deep down that if anybody's going to fucking blow my parlay, it was going to be the wild. And they did. So I'm now one on one and two on parlays. So what I'm going to do coming off a loss is void or skip the parlay this week. I'm doing all single bets this week. That's what DK has been doing with his uh, DK's briefcase. Um, that's what I'm going to do for this week. I'm not saying it's going to stay like that if you're a fan of the parlays. Um, but realistically, everyone says if you're a smart better, you shouldn't be a fan of parlays. So what I'm going to do is make single bets, and they are going to go as follows. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Stewie J Saturday. First up, we mentioned it early in the show. We wanted to know which teams have staying power. I told you to just wait until my picks. We were talking about the Devils. The Devils play the Flames on Saturday night, and it's in Calgary. So you might think I'm an idiot because obviously Flames are pretty much a wagon. But I like the Devils a lot. They take a lot of shots. They have really good pieces. And they also don't give up very many shots. And I like their goaltending so far. Um, whether it's Vanacek who starts that game or it's Blackwood who starts that game, I'm feeling pretty confident given the fact that they haven't even given up more than 25 shots on the season. So I'm going Devil's Money Line versus the Flames. The ultimate reason I'm actually doing this is because it's going to be plus money. I assume the Flames are going to be the favorite going into that game. So the Devil's hot start first in the Metro so far. I like the Devils against the Flames, especially for the price that's going to be given. Like I said, Thursday's always early for Saturday picks, so I don't exactly know the odds or even lines yet, but I've got the Islanders versus the Red Wings, all right? The Red Wings have looked like ass just lately in the last week or so. They've gotten blown out at least two times. It's unfortunate because I think the Red Wings, and I thought the Red Wings would be promising, and I thought they were going to be an underdog team this year. I also thought the Islanders were going to be an underdog team this year, and they've been pretty they've been pretty decent. Islanders money line against the Red Wings. That's two money line picks for you right off the jump. Now we're going to get into an over. The Ducks versus Sharks games. Neither of these teams have particularly great goaltending. I think John Gibson in a better situation is a really good goaltender. Last few years and lately hasn't really been so. I've got the Ducks versus the Sharks over in that game. Like I said, it's really early. At this point, do not know the line. I assume it's going to be six and a half. That's kind of the standard where they set everything. And if it is six and a half, go ahead and take it. Um, I co-signed that pick. I also have the over six and a half. If it's six and a half, like I said, for the Avalanche and Blue Jackets game, I assume. I think the Avalanche are on a back-to-back, so I assume it's going to be Franco's or Fran, whatever the fuck you say his name. Um, I should know by now. He won a cup last year. I assume it's going to be him playing. So that's a backup goalie for the Avalanche, and obviously the Avalanche are a high-octane offense. Playing the Blue Jackets, it's Corpus Allo or Mers Lincolns, realistically, and I don't think I have very much confidence in either of them to keep the under alive. So I'm going Avalanche versus Blue Jackets over six and a half if that's where the line sits. There it is, Stewie J Saturdays. Those are my picks. Right on. And uh, we'll move right into uh, UFC because we got picks for this too. And I can't say I'm that excited for this weekend's card because the Mitchell versus uh, Evloev fight was canceled and there was another good fight canceling. It was Almeida in that one, but. Uh, either way, I'm still going to throw a few picks out here anyways. And to find which sportsbook has the best odds for all these UFC picks, use BetStamp. It's a free app to download there and uh, use code NUX when you sign up. And uh, also, I can't uh, rip these picks without the introduction from my boy Richard Phillip here. So let's hear it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Ty's Wicked Ticket. All right, we got a three-leg parlay this weekend of Jake Hadley on the money line, Miranda Maverick money line. They talk about her like she's going to be the next big thing in the women's flyweight division and eventually an opponent uh, opponent for Shevchenko when she rises up the ranks. So definitely going with her. And then the final leg on this parlay, I've got Mario Bautista on the money line as well because I don't think I've seen his opponent there, Lopez, fight about three years or, or more. So that's uh, the three-leg parlay. Then I'm also going to do a two-leg parlay of Johnny Munoz Jr. and Ulam uh, Bankov, probably butchered that name, but that's one of Khabib's guys, I believe. And uh, like we said on the pod there last week or maybe the week before, you don't bet against anyone that's been training with Khabib there. And then uh, also one single, and that'll be Chase Sherman on the money line. Um, not positive about that fight, but uh, you don't get two heavyweights going head-to-head. Anything can happen. Just one big punch can end it. And uh, I'm just going to go with Sherman out of the, the two guys that you have in that fight. And uh, that'll be it for uh, Ty's Wicked Ticket for this weekend's UFC Fight Night. But uh, we'll be putting the rest of my picks on the Nux Twitter and IG before the fight on Saturday. Now, DK, who do you got uh, this weekend in UFC? So I always say this, and I've struggled on, like, if you struggle on a card where, like, it's the not big names and whatever else, then I'm going to go over um, the last those that two card stretch where you were beating yourself up i just stayed silent because i don't think i want to bet like i think i maybe maybe won one or two (laughs) just on my morals of like betting against a 40 year old or like we say betting anybody whose last name is naraga made of or who's trained by khabib but i actually and i i I don't feel bad about this because you know what i always say when i get my picks take ties anyways i don't have picks for the ufc this week because in all honesty i don't think i'm gonna end up watching it the leafs are playing on saturday versus that ufc card I'm definitely picking the Leafs over that UFC card. So 100% roll with Ty's picks. That's what I'll be doing. I'll just be taking whatever Ty does because regardless if we've gone through a little cold stretch on this pod, all three of us actually, after being hot for like three or four weeks, we've kind of gone through some cold stretch here. I'm still all over Ty's picks in UFC. We're still plus money though. Yep. We're still still plus plus money. money. Oh yeah. What's our ROI? Four, four and a half percent right now. Hey, dude, that's better than the stock market. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) we're in a recession right now put your money into our picks and you will be you will get a 4.5 at least return on investment i'm just kidding (laughs) dk if you don't have ufc picks i know you got nfl picks for us so i don't know if you want to just get right into that i do and i don't because i i have to take it like on the chin so i've really come back to earth here i don't know if you guys remember at one point i was like 10 and 4 in my nfl picks on the pod i think as of right now i'm sitting at 17 and 15 i went one and three last week and that's what you really get if you watch the nfl for betting on new york football teams i had two bets on the giants and one on the jets and you're just not going to win majority of the time betting on new york football teams with that being said i'm ready to make more picks Let's grind over some gridiron winners. Ladies and gentlemen, DK's briefcase. I only got three picks this week. They're all on the spread and they're all favorites. Dolphins were my only win last week and they covered the spread at minus three and a half. They won by four. The spread this week versus Chicago Bears is minus four. I do think that they win. Dolphins upgraded big time at the trade deadline, getting another running back, getting Chase Edmonds out of there. They added 
Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. got rid of Chase Edmonds. They added Bradley Chubb and signed him, so their defense is going to be better. And the Bears got rid of Robert Quinn, their best pass rusher on their team at the deadline, which means more time for Tua, which means more touchdowns and more big plays for the Dolphins. So give me the Dolphins minus four over the Bears. My second pick is the Chargers minus three over the Falcons. The Chargers have kind of struggled. They haven't beat many good teams, but the but they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And that's what I think they do here this week. Chargers are coming off the bye week and at minus three versus the Falcons, I think they win and they kind of win big. This Falcons team is just not good enough to face a Chargers team that's healthy and rested and prepared. I like the Chargers minus three over the Falcons as my second pick. And my third pick, I actually hate this pick, but this is one of those principal picks that I have to take. Indianapolis Colts, they went away from Matt Ryan and went to rookie quarterback Sam Ellinger. They're going to New England this week. Actually, they're at home, but New England's going into Indianapolis this week, and I never bet a rookie quarterback against a Bill Belichick defense. I feel like they try to make the offense too complicated. It's hard to go against Bill. He's still one of the best defensive coaches in the league, so I think the Patriots hold the Colts to almost no points, and they cover the spread at minus five. So there's the three picks on DK's briefcase. We got the, uh, that's the wrong page. We got the Dolphins minus four, the Chargers minus three, and the Patriots minus five. Hammer it. Wow. Featuring the cat. Dude, always. Dude, I, I almost actually murdered <laughs> this cat today. Don't come after me, PETA, but I, I, you guys saw it. I got up like four <laughs> times to deal with this damn cat. I don't know. I didn't know what to it do. It always finds its way into the pod. I think we've said on here before, somehow the cat always works its way, whether it's uh, in put... the background of your screen there. Yeah. I guess the listeners can't see the screen, but it, it always finds a way into the, uh, into the conversation or something like that. I'm going to add it as but, a uh, guest in the episode. I was going to say 27 <laughs> episodes in, in there. She's been in like 26 of them. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Right on. That was a lot of picks in a row there, boys. That was a lot of uh, Richard Phillips' voice and a lot of stingers in your ear, fans. Yeah, uh, shout out to Richard listeners. Phillips. Hey, uh, Richard Phillips for the uh, producing those little intros we got going. There's a lot of fun doing those, and I think it's a nice little segment to have on the show. Yeah. But um, we'll go from uh, football now into uh, fantasy football and just fantasy sports in general. Uh, my team at fantasy football is doing dog shit. Uh, like, I don't even know if I'm going to get anywhere this season. It seems like. At the start of the year, I was happy with my team, and now it's like, fuck, everyone's injured, and uh, yeah, not not having any success. Hockey, I'm kind of in the middle of the pack, but uh, how are you guys doing on the fantasy front? <laughs> well, thanks for the fucking free W, DK. Um, that's like, just like the Leafs game was like a, a free win almost, or it had to be won by the Leafs on Wednesday against the Flyers. This one, it was like, it, DK... See, goes into every week like he's coming off a fucking back to back and loses every time. <laughs> it's me All right? too at this point. Other than the first two weeks, I was two and zero to start the year. Now I'm like two and six or two and seven. Like what the yeah. fuck happened, boys? Jalen Hurts so, still gets thirty points every week, but my team just shits the bed. Every I don't. Time. I don't know who it was when we posted the teams up on Instagram. Said who had the best team? Who said mine? I think it was like one of your buddies, DK. Yep. Can't remember. But uh, cheers to him because. Uh, not only hey, is he not right. Over. We're only halfway, buddy. We're only halfway. <laughs> <laughs> not only is he right, but he strokes my ego a little bit. So, um, yeah, five and three. Um, I'm sitting in the playoff spot. Um, I mean, realistically, I'm tied for third because um, number one is uh, your boy Caleb, I think, Clubber yep. Langs. 
Yep. He's seven and one. Uh, big dogs, dogs. That's also my boy, big Corey Tuck. Shout out. Yep. Six and two. And then there's about a five team tie. Yeah. Five teams. Me, machine, raging Cajuns, Jamar chasing these nuts, me, and then Matt's excellent team. Yep. <laughs> also <laughs> Matt, five and three. So, um, yeah, I'm looking, great name. I'm looking pretty good. I'm looking hot too. I mean, fucking, like I said, uh, ever since Juju and Patty and Travis hopped on fucking Warzone, <laughs> um, Juju's been fucking yeah. carrying my fantasy team and I've been winning weeks. He had a bye week last week, however, and I still won. So, um, yo, Kamara put up like 42 points for oh, me dude. against you, DK. I don't know if you saw that. I, I did, but he but, absolutely rinsed you. But here, here's the thing. Mark. Everybody, when I got that first overall pick, we were doing the live stream and all of my buddies, I don't know if any of your guys' buddies did this too, they all came into the live stream and they were commenting, oh yeah, one of you guys gets the first overall pick. They're all coming at me. Yeah. And I said it Yeah, right well, DK, there. this I is said, a thing. You said this. Last. It's the same excuse every time we no. talk about fantasy. Oh, I had the first pick. Oh, I'm losing because I had the first no. pick. I, and I've tweeted <laughs> it out. Jonathan Taylor is the worst first overall pick in fantasy sports of all time. This guy's ranked 124th best player in fantasy. He's only <laughs> missed one week. This guy stinks. I'm sick of watching my first overall pick put up 5.9 points a game, which is just ridiculous considering what this guy did last year. It's brutal. But if we want to talk about pure winning, like let's just move over to fantasy hockey. Because, I mean, if we want to talk about like a, a, a great team that everybody wrote off. Like my boys are still sitting pretty at 32, six and seven on the season. Um, yeah, that's actually an outrageous record. I, I, I don't think it's going to last. I do think I, like I said, for categories, I drafted way different than my other team. Um, yeah. And I felt pretty solid about my team, but I also told you guys, like, I have no clue how this is going to work. I've never done categories. The more and more like things come up, <laughs> even, well, no, even like my pickups, like I only, for my defenseman, I only look for like hits, blocks, and like plus minus basically. And it seems to have worked every yep. week, but uh, no, yep. I've, I've had a, a good couple weeks here. I'm losing this week. So I'm losing 11-3 as of right now. All the cats are close. It's early in the week, but at the same point, I don't know. I, I like Who's the that, uh, I'm si- you're playing. I'm e- I'm playing f- Fat Phil's Glizzies. And just before you guys take <laughs> oh, over, that's Andrew with the question at the at the front of the show. Before you guys nice. take over, I have to change my fantasy hockey team name. I am not used to having like a public league that we post on Instagram, and I've had so many people text me and be like, "Her your name on the pod is Eat Her Hyman. Like you have to change that if you guys are gonna post it. It's like, yeah, I probably should. I'm 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 a brutal when it comes to fantasy football team names and, and fantasy hockey, like whatever fantasy sports. I always have an outrageous name. I'm going to end up there's having a couple to in there, something you're, else. You're not the only one, I don't think. Like, There's a few in there that are... Uh, little, there's a uh, couple, but like... It, comical. But DK's is just like... Uh, it's just like... It's kind of gross. And it doesn't even make <laughs> sense. It doesn't make sense. Look it up, Stu. Look it up. No, DK I know, doesn't want to explain No, it I know what it is, but... 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 But, but eat, though. Like the, the word eat doesn't make sense in that context, though. I know, but that's what I'm... <laughs> it should have been like break, shouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck are we talking about. Anyways, yeah. Uh... <laughs> it's, it's, we're, we're, yeah, like I'm not going to get any, any more into it than I already have. I'm going to change the name from something, from this. If it's going to be a public league, I have to change the yeah, name. Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. Can't wait to see what, uh, where that, that name goes to you. Ty, where are you at, buddy? Where are you at? In the Sandys, I'm somewhere in the middle of the pack, I think. Like I'm, 
I think ninth, like one out of a playoff spot. I went from second. Yeah, I'm ahead like of you now, buddy. Running, so. I'm ahead of you guys Excuse are chirping you, my team. I'm ahead yeah. of you now. You're on a you're on um, a little yeah. bit of a tear here. The last like yeah, I'm getting I'm getting. It's early, boys. It's way too early. Like it it's is gonna super early. it's gonna. I'd say uh, week week ten or something like that. We'll uh, take a look and uh, like fuck anything can yeah. happen, man. Like in the other the other league there, I I smoked a guy like eleven to two. The next week, I lost to a guy like fourteen to one or something. And then the <laughs> next week. The guy that I smoked is is smoking the guy that smoked me. So it's like it just doesn't even make sense. It's just whatever players pop off for you at whatever time, whoever you have on your bench, you just it's a lot of luck, I think. A lot of luck. And uh that initial draft is also very important because you gotta get those yeah. core guys that you think are gonna produce. Like like who expected Hyman to be popping off like he is and shit and like Fuck, there's just some players DK'd. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> well, yeah, DK, that's what I'm saying. DK, yeah. DK named his team after him. I was going to say, I, yeah. I, I liked, I, I always do this in fantasy hockey. Like, if, you, if you're going to pick a guy like Zach Hyman, it's only because he's playing with McDavid or Dreisaitl, who get 100-plus yeah. points a year. He's going to at least pigeon 50 off of that. Can he get 20 by himself? If he's a 70-point guy after pigeoning 50 off of them, then he's, he's a great pick at where I got him. I have one great question pick. about this league, though. I know we got to get going because the Sens game is starting for tie. What is the what does the standings go by? Does it go by the win loss tie or the points? So points is um, you get two points for every win. Okay, so it's, okay. it goes by points, but like it, the the math works out also. In the okay, sorry. So I guess yeah, that's a stupid both. question. Stupid question. My bad. <laughs> yeah, br- brutal question. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yo, DK. I, yo, you're. I have no idea. I'm just looking through your team. I have no idea how you're doing so good. Your defense fucking suck. Dude, Shea Theodore, great. Bowen Byram. Shea Theodore is doing great, but I'm saying none of them are, the rest of them are kind of fucking ass. You never know though, man. This this uh, team I was playing last week in our other league there, Stu, he has Gosh Despair or whatever from Arizona. The guy got like a goal and three assists yeah, or something. Yeah, but no, like, he's fun. doing good, but I'm literally looking at the season rank so far. Byram's ranked... Uh, 322 or something where Renski's way underperforming 369 and look McNabb at the standings, is buddy. kind of oh, first place though yeah I know no, 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 no. McNabb is kind of overperforming 118 but like it's because he gets a lot of hits and stuff right he fills cats Fox, but yeah. but Wierenski and Byram aren't doing you have like two guys that are just doing nothing see so you look at that as that like I look at it as uh Colorado's second power play the other day had Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram, and Devin Taves, I'm pretty sure, out there, or Gerard out there all at the same time. Like, Byram's still getting those chances. He's got room to get better. Zach Wierenski, same yeah, thing. And then, oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying to this point, you're, you're fucking 32, 6, and 7. And, and, and those guys haven't done anything to this point. How are you, how are you that high? Well, is what I'm saying. I have Nachushkin, who's been pot, like in a points league and whatever yeah. else. He's been one of the best players in fantasy. McKinnon has been great. Um, yeah, Boone Jenner has been good for my like face off cats, uh, and Kevin Fiala, like, and Chris Kreider, like I said, Chris Kreider fills the stat sheet. He does. He's not, I, I also said he was like Evander Kane in terms of hits. He's not, but he gets like five, six shots a game. He gets like one or two hits and a block and like usually a point because those, uh, and it might even be a power play point half the time. And, um, Zach Hyman's been good. I think Kevin Fiala has like seven goals. Just a couple of the guys that I kind of took flyers on. Are, are playing better than they probably should right now. I t- I'm going to come back to light or back to earth here a little bit. My first two weeks were just unbelievably good. Um, but I do think like my fourth defense, like Braden McNabb, like I just picked him up. I have a fourth defenseman that's constantly like getting filtered out. Um, whoever's like, if I need an extra game played, 
Um, I'll pay, I'll take him. But no, even like my goaltending is not the greatest, right? Like John Gibson hasn't been great. Uh, Connor Hellebuck has some wins, but I'm not winning many goalie cats. Like I don't think I have a team that's going to end up finishing first in the standings. But I also think I have one of those teams. Same with both of you when I look at your rosters. That like, if you were to be in the first round of the playoffs, like I don't want to play against either one of you. Like I think your teams are pretty goddamn good. Yeah. Same with the uh, Toms, the can't trust the hoe. I think my team is right in there with like teams you don't want to play in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, boys, it's almost time for final thoughts here. But uh, before we get to that, I just want to mention the no hitter that the Astros threw last game against the Phillies in the World Series. That was only the second no hitter in World Series history, so had to be mentioned. And I imagine that's going to give them a lot of confidence going into the next game. But I think we're all still on the the Phillies wagon. Is that uh, correct? Oh, for oh sure. yeah, going all in Phillies for sure. I I, I liked it. I and I also I just want to say two questions: Was have has the Phillies been part of both no hitters in the World Series? Like, wasn't the first one do- like Roy Halladay throwing a no hitter, or was that just his first playoff game? That was a playoff. Okay, game. my fault. My fault. The second one. Did you guys see Philly scumbag fans being scumbag fans? Like when McCullers was doing his warm up, and they're like, "Harper takes that deep," and they're like screaming at him like he's doing his bullpen test, <laughs> and they're like, "You haven't thrown a strike yet." It's just a classic Philly fans being scumbags. I love it, but they're just scumbags, dude. Philly people are scumbags, man. Like, hey, speaking so of funny. Philly, go Eagles, baby. Let's keep the undefeated streak going fly, tonight. Eagles, fly. I am on the Eagles right. spread. I never give out the third Thursday nighter, but the Eagles are so good. Also a little bet there uh, as my final thought, Jalen Hurts first touchdown, like plus 4,500. Take it. Dude, I do a Jalen Hurts uh, parlay with uh, the money line Eagles to win like every game. And I think it's only missed maybe once or twice this year. Like he gets it every time. So that's always a good bet to make there. But uh, unless you guys got any other final thoughts, it's almost time to wrap it up. Anything else? Thanks for sending in your questions, All right, listeners. We love it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I actually should mention that. If you got any other questions, uh, DM us on uh, any of the platforms we're on, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, we'll try and work those into the show for uh, sure. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and find a way to get people to like do like voice messages into the show. I'm going to find a way to do that, yeah. and then we can get... Good, honestly, good actually, you can leave voice messages in DMs, and I can just play it. Yep. On the Instagram, show. Instagram, you can but, uh, record but, your voice and that and shit. I don't know about Twitter. Yes, but. exactly. But until I make like an inbox where you can actually submit like questions, like uh, like voice DM. questions, like all, or almost like a call into the show feature, you could DM and even even if you want to, voice voice memo a fucking DM Yeah, to I us like that idea a lot. Question. I think Great we idea. missed one question this week too, so we'll get to it next week too. Like if we don't get to your question one week, we're going to get to it the next. I kind of, I think we all want to make fan questions and fan interactions something um, like as part of this pod permanently. So any question, to topic, comment, even if it's I fucking hate listening to Dylan's rants, put it in there, and we're gonna say it. Like we yeah. love. It. Yo, we should. Okay, what I'm gonna do if you guys send listeners, if you send a voice message, we're not going to listen to it until the show, and we'll dangerous. do a segment. No, no, because we can. No, nah, I can edit oh, it true, out if it's true. fucked up. So. <laughs> We're gonna. We're not anything, gonna listen. Though. It'll be just a raw like. Uh, so yeah, that's what uh, I'm saying. So at the end of the yet. show, at the end of the show, we'll just do like fan questions. Every we'll do a segment Deal. fan questions. We'll just we'll make the All show right. hours until the end, and we'll just do fan questions at the end of the show. How about it. that for voice memos? Right there. All the questions plan. from now on, make them voice memos, 
and then we may have like a, a future actual like a, a little like a place or a, an inbox where you could actually submit those questions. But for now, use Instagram DMs. All right. That's a plan. And uh, that's also a wrap for episode 27 of Bucks on Nux. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And also check us out on the BetStamp app. You can see Ed Taylor gambling picks on there. And the app will tell you what sports book has the best odds to place those bets. Sign up using code Nux. And uh, if you like the pod, drop a five-star review down for it and check out the other podcasts on showbile.com. And finally, if you can't be cool, be careful. And if you can't be good, be good at it. 